Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. We are back with a brand new week of Collider Dailies. I'm sitting here in uh, L.A. Steve is in a completely different part of the world right now. How is Brazil and CCXP treating you? Well, first of all, if the Wi-Fi goes out and I disappear, it's because of this hotel. We've had some issues this morning. Uh, I'm flying back to America tonight. CCXP was another crazy convention um, uh, they had some huge, I'm sure people have heard about it. They had some huge stars down here and huge panels. Uh, the highlight I think was the Dune 2 panel, uh, because they brought out, you know, Timothy Chalamet, um, Austin Butler, Zendaya, Florence Pugh, and, uh, Denis Villeneuve. And it was so loud in the room. And I've been to a lot of Comic-Cons and Hall H at San Diego, but it was so loud for Dune 2 that when the camera just went on Zendaya and she was about to talk, the room got so loud. Like she just had to like, she was smiling like, and didn't know really what to do because everyone, it was just so loud. And then also for the house of the dragon season two trailer, which they premiered here, it was so loud during the trailer. I couldn't hear any dialogue. Like the crowd just went so crazy. They had to play it again. So everyone would be a little calmer. Um, but like the crowd down here is crazy. Uh, they're so loud and enthusiastic. Um, it's been a great weekend uh, saying that I'm, I'm ready to come home. Cons really take, they, they punish you in terms of it's, it's a marathon of you know, I, working long days. I know that feeling. Uh, one more question for you about CCXP. So we know that Dune 2 was a personal favorite for you. What did it seem like the general consensus of the con was in terms of new shows and uh, films releasing footage? Was there any particular like runaway favorite or something that won the con? I mean, I think overall Warner Brothers and Legendary won the con just for the sheer volume of like actors and directors they brought down here. You know, they showed over 10 minutes. They, they showed us the opening 10 minutes of Dune 2, mm -hmm. then, you know, scenes, other stuff in the movie 
you know, other sizzle reel, like, uh, you know, Paul riding the sandworm, um, which was incredible, mm-hmm. uh, it was so good. And then uh, they showed us like at least 10 minutes from Aquaman 2, the opening of the film and then other scenes from the movie. I mean, it might've been 15 minutes of it. It was so much footage from Aquaman 2. Uh, and I'm trying to think what else. Uh, they showed us, you know, the trailer from Godzilla Kong, the Furiosa stuff. Um, I mean, it was Warner Brothers really kick, kicked ass. I mean, and remember, Netflix also showed all of Rebel Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, a world premiere. And um, which it hasn't played anywhere else yet. Quite, quite the event, quite the event. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed and I'm going to wish you safe travels back. Now we're jumping into our official first topic of the day, and it pertains to the possibility or now lack thereof of Robert Downey Jr. returning to the role of Iron Man in the MCU. So this comes from the Collider article that reported on it. While speaking to Vanity Fair to celebrate Robert Downey Jr.'s third act, both Kevin Feige and Joe Russo commented on his work within the MCU, and Feige assured that they will not cheapen Tony Stark's sacrifice at the end of Endgame for the sake of popping a box office number, despite recent reports to the contrary. And the specific quote from Feige reads... We are going to keep that moment and not touch that moment again. We all worked very hard for many years to get that, and we would never want to magically undo it in any way. Steve, how are you feeling about this? Is this idea going to stick and he will not return? And if so, do you think that's the right decision? Uh, It better stick, because if you take this away, then you just cheapen everything that every fan went through. I think that the only way forward for Iron Man and Tony Stark is in a Secret Wars type movie where you have different versions of Iron Man from other worlds or universes that can sort of be pulled in to do the battle or whatever. Uh, I mean, look, like there's a million Iron Mans out there in the multiverse, but, you know, if they're going to bring that character back, it needs to be a different actor a, you know, a different version. You can't have a version of Robert Downey Jr. come back. That That is no. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And I think I said this when those rumors started to surface, uh, given the fact that the Marvel box office isn't as strong as it once was. And they threw the idea out of possibly bringing back, let's say, uh, Tony Stark, played by Robert Downey Jr., also Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans even. They're all just rumors, of course. But when those rumors surfaced, all I could think of is, no, 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 you did the impossible. You built to these epic moments and you don't, like exactly what Kevin Feige said, you don't want to undo all the things you worked so damn hard for for so many years. When it comes to the multiverse though, on the one hand, I love the introduction to the multiverse because I do think that there are a lot of really exciting uh, you know, story possibilities there and interesting ways to maybe view something from a different perspective, see how a different character might handle a similar situation. But I do think we run the risk of like an overuse or over-reliance on the uh, on the multiverse and the opportunity to bring back characters in different iterations. And I would, you know, I kind of want them to steer clear of that as much as possible as well, unless they come up with like a genius story idea that really justifies it. I think they have introduced things thus far that have justified the use of that, but I get nervous about the overuse of it. Yeah, listen, I completely agree. And I think they, hopefully the Wi-Fi is going to stay. 
Uh, I completely agree, and I don't. I think they need to push away from the multiverse and just stick with the Earth we know and love. But like I said, I still think that the ultimate future eventually or at some point is a two or three part Secret Wars movie that you build towards or do that just has all the elements of what could be incredible. Um, but they're just not there yet, you know, but that's how you can have like, you know, like uh, a bunch of the characters, you know, and then maybe a few characters from another world that get pulled in. Like there's a lot of possibilities there, but they're not there yet. Yeah, I mean, things things like this happen with a lot of franchises. And one of the things that I always think about is just remember where the Marvel Cinematic Universe started. It started with, you know, a couple of characters that weren't necessarily the hottest comic characters even, but Marvel put in the work and they built up this adoring fan base. Now just do it again, but with a different set of characters. I, awesome. I feel like if the focus is put on that, will wind up launching a new iteration of the MCU and we'll be doing it with purpose and in a strong manner. Yeah, and also remember, like Marvel's been sort of, uh, you know, some arms tied behind their back due to contracts with Fox characters, mm. but they're all coming. And, you know, like if the X-Men are coming, the Fantastic Four are coming, you know? I uh, look forward to seeing that very, very much. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, story number two. Here is something we, we are getting more of. We're getting more Evil Dead movies. Of course, uh, Evil Dead Rise was a, was a pretty significant hit. And now, this is actually a Collider exclusive. Robert Taylor got to talk to Bruce Campbell recently, and they discussed the, the future of the series. And when Robert asked if uh, Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, Robert Tappert had plans for the Evil Dead film franchise going forward, Campbell basically confirmed it, and he specifically said, we're going to do them probably more like every two to three years now rather than every 10 years. But hey, we've seen with Star Wars, you don't want to wear people out. Keep them guessing. We never wore out our welcome with Evil Dead because we never choked them. This is the mentality. I feel like whether we're talking about horror film franchises or any franchise, period, for that matter, I feel like Evil Dead is doing it right. I do think it is the right approach to do more, more often, and and keep uh, Evil Dead on the top of people's minds. But also, just like Bruce Campbell said, don't do too much, or it's not very special anymore. But on top of that, another thing I think the Evil Dead franchise does very well is it releases new installments that respects and holds tight to the pillars that started the Evil Dead franchise and fandom to begin with, but it's also using new creative possibilities and strong voices behind the lens to make sure every single installment feels a little different. It feels fresh. And if if that is the formula that is going to see the Evil Dead franchise into the future, I think the possibilities are pretty much limitless. Yeah. Um, uh, 
I completely agree with Bruce and what you just said. And also the other thing is this, the Evil Dead movies do not cost much to make in comparison to other films. Horror is just a proven box office champ in terms of making a movie for under 20 million, under 10 million sometimes, and having a massive return on investment. So, you know, if you make good Evil Dead movies every two, three years, they're gonna be profitable and you can keep making them. And um, so, yeah, this is a no brainer. The key word there is good too. I mean, it is true that I, I think a lot of horror movies do have a better chance of being profitable because they cost less than let's say a Star Wars or Marvel movie. But I think what really propelled Evil Dead Rise to like massive success is that it's a really smart yeah. movie. It's smart, well-written, exceptionally well-executed. And I do think when you make a good movie, it can pay off in the end. And I think Evil Dead Rise is a perfect example of that. Yeah. It, also, the other thing about these is you can take more risks because they don't cost as much. So, you know, anyway, look, I, I hope this ends up coming true. And, um, I'm you know, sounds great. Yeah, I don't know if um, Lee Cronin is going to come back to do more. If he did, I would be all for it. If he's on to other things, I would understand that. But I also really do trust uh, Rob, Sam, and Bruce in terms of finding new talent to continue to bring the Evil Dead franchise into the future. All right, our final topic of the day. I'm really excited about this one, Steve. It's the Fallout trailer. So I'm going to preface all of this by saying, like, I am not familiar with the games other than like light reading that I've done on them. So like this is this is a, a perspective of the trailer from, you know, someone coming at it with a fresh set of eyes as a newcomer with no attachment to the source material. And I love this trailer so much. Just in case anybody out there does not know what Fallout is, it is based on, uh, this is from the official synopsis, based on the greatest video game series of all time, Fallout is the story of haves and have-nots in a world in which there's almost nothing left to have. 200 years uh, 200 years after the apocalypse, the gentle uh, Denzin, De oh, I'm never gonna say Denzinitans, right, of luxury fallout shelters are forced to return to uh, irradiated hellscape their ancestors left behind and are shocked to discover an incredibly complex, gleeful, weird, and highly violent universe waiting for them. This, uh, this is hitting Prime Video on April 12th. It looks so good. Everything about this looks so high quality to me. And I appreciate the fact that it is a first trailer that can appeal to someone who knows nothing or little about the story and immediately suck you into the world. But I mean, one thing that I was just marveling at this entire trailer is that the production value is through the roof, the extent and the texture of the sets, how good a lot of the, the VFX wor uh, work looks and also the prosthetic makeup effects work looks. It's just, it's, it's a really impressive debut for this show, in my eyes at least. Yes, yeah, so what you might not know is here in Brazil, I did interviews with the cast, including Walton uh, and Ella and the person who, uh, who's part of the Brotherhood of Steel, and then Jonah Nolan and Andrew, who's the co-showrunner. So I learned a lot about this show. We did like 30-minute interviews, uh, and they're going to be on Collider hopefully this week. Uh, but I learned like everything about this thing. And you know, the the basically you're going to have three characters on this show, and their perspectives. Uh, Walton's character is the ghoul, and he is the gnarliest one, and the the he is out of his mind. And you will follow his story because he's 200 years old 
and you're going to follow him from, I forget his name, Cooper, but I forget Cooper Howard. That's his name. And you're going to follow him when he, when the world went to shit and then when, uh, where he is now and uh, how he got to be the way, way he is. Ella plays a character that is inside Fallout 33. So basically this company built these essentially silos and each game is one of the silos. And so what's happening with this series, if you're not aware, is that the series takes place, it's canon, totally legit, but it's not following anything from the video games. So it's its own story while obeying the rules of Fallout. She comes from a shelter that had everything. And I guess something goes wrong in the shelter. She needs to go to the surface to find something. And she's very optimistic. She's never had a care in her life. You know, she's just like a, like you and I living under like happy. And then, but she goes into the world and discovers, oh, everything is different here. And it's messed up hard. And then uh, Andrew's character, no, the other character, I forget his name. I'm so sorry, who is part of the Brotherhood of Steel. Those are the mech thing, the costumes you've seen, those huge things. They look He's good. a member of that unit. They had one of the practical suits here. Um, and uh, so th those are the three things you're going to follow. And uh, everything I learned, everything I saw is fantastic. But, and I didn't put this online. Give me a second. I'm going to grab something that's off camera. Ooh. We're getting, we're getting a Collider Dailies exclusive, a first look right here. Yeah, I'm so curious what this is. Because I was like, they were like, do you want this? And I'm like, wait, yes. Yes, I do. Hey. Can you, can you see it? Yeah, it's a nice bag. Yeah, it has the, the Fallout 33, Wait. like the CCXP thing. Very nice. Uh, I haven't even opened it yet, but it's really, really nice. Very cool. Um, Very cool. And it's like, you know, it's like the bag from the game. Anyway, look, everything I saw in this thing looked fantastic. Everything I learned. Uh, and also Jonah Nolan is the main guy. And he was explaining how uh, Bethesda and uh, had been asked by everyone to make a movie or a TV show. And they never were on board. And Jonah uh, went in and pitched and said what he wanted to do. And they're like, yes. You know, and also his track record. Um, uh, and anyway, it looks fantastic. And they have a multi-season idea. It's going to be a great show. Yeah. Uh, coming from Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, I feel like the, the, the bar is already set really, really high given their past work. And it does look like they're going to make do with this. And for the record, uh, the gentle denizens of luxury fallout shelters, I had misspelled that word and it got in my brain. But also, I just want to emphasize how excited I am to see Ella Purnell in this show, because obviously I'm obsessed with Yellow Jackets and she's delivered a lot of other really great performances that I think speak to how damn talented she is. But I'm really, really looking forward to seeing her as a lead of a big series like this on Prime Video. So this has officially become one of my most anticipated uh, shows of 2024. Steve, I can't wrap my head around saying 2024, and it's time. It's time to get used to it. <laughs> no, I also can't get used to it. Um, and I'm just going to say uh, I'm old, and everyone else is too. It's just crazy. It is. It is wild. Uh, you still have a couple weeks left of Collider Dailies in 2023, and then we will take you into 2024. So brace yourselves for that. In the meantime, Steve, I will say safe travels back home. Enjoy your last uh, your last hours in Brazil. Uh, yeah, I have to pack up my stuff and go to the airport in two hours. All right. Have at it. In the meantime, I will bounce and I will prepare for lots of interviews that you're going to be able to see on the Collider Interviews YouTube channel very soon. 
Now, goodbye and stay tuned. We will have a brand new episode tomorrow morning with John and Maggie. Have a good one, everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.